Interrail Insights, we're delighted to be here today with Marek Matraszek, who is the chairman of CEC Government Relations in Poland. And CEC Government Relations is a member of the Interrail Global Partnership. So we've invited Marek today because the situation in Poland is nothing less than tumultuous. And with 25 years of experience of living in the country, he's perfectly placed to help us to understand what the implications are for business and how the political situation is unfolding. So Marek, thank you so much for being with us here today. Lovely to be here. It's a wonderful yeah. day in London. It's always good to be back. It's a beautiful day in London. Sunny, which it makes is. a change. I know. I feel happy already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. So the situation in Poland is, as I said, nothing less than tumultuous. Could we maybe start by you reminding us what the outcome of the recent elections was and what the current political situation actually is? Sure. Well, it's been a very, uh, as you say, a very important year in Polish politics. Not only do we have a presidential election in the spring, which was won by the current uh, Andrzej Duda, uh, which was a surprise victory in itself over Bronisław Komorowski. But as everyone now knows, uh, we had a parliamentary election in October, which was historic in the sense that for the first time in 25 years, 26 years, in fact, of uh, post-89 politics, a single party achieved an overall majority. In the, in the Polish Parliament, uh, taking control not only just of the lower house but the Senate as well. Uh, and law and justice uh, has been in power now for well, it officially took over on the sixteenth of November, so it's just over uh, just over a month, and it's been a very, very, as you say, uh, tumultuous period. And as we go into two thousand and sixteen, I think the impact on uh, domestic politics, but as well as Poland's position in Europe and how all that together affects um, Western interests, commercial interests in Poland, I think will be a very significant indeed. And we've heard a lot about the dramatic uh, policy changes and policy um, uh, implementations that there have been, but perhaps what we've heard a bit less of is what the, the political priorities will be for the new government in 2016. We know all about the Constitutional Court, for example, but tell us a bit more about how you see the policy priorities rolling out in 2016. Well, I think there are several aspects of the law and justice um, uh, government which I think are important. Uh, one, obviously, is on the political side, and I think it is fair to say, and I think the leader of law and justice, Jaroslav Paczynski, wouldn't deny it, uh, he is interested in affecting substantial political change. Um, he does, through, um, through the government, which, which he's very influential, uh, he's not the Prime Minister, Mrs. Shidwo is, but he is essentially setting the agenda, <coughs> is looking to see um, substantial political change, uh, not only institutionally, there have been changes in the ministerial structure, uh, but also personnel changes going throughout the political uh, scene um, in uh, government agencies, regulatory agencies, uh, state-owned companies, which are um, where you have political nominations. So all that is happening, and it is, it is a very dramatic and, uh, and quick wave of changes that have been affected. <clears throat> but the other big change is in economic policy. And I think this is something which is of, you know, of I think, particular interest to our clients. We could talk about it a little bit more in detail. Uh, but that's going to be the main area where I think you're going to see you know, business being affected. Yeah. What do you think those main changes will be for business? If you were a business, uh, a business based in the UK or in France at the moment, which has um, a, a branch in Poland or which is looking to establish in Poland or economic interests in Poland, 
what would you be concerned about? Well, I think uh, it's very it's, it's important to understand that the rules uh, will have changed, and they will be to the disadvantage of some types of business, but to the advantage of others. So, I mean, if you look at the government's uh, priorities, they do have a fairly robust spending agenda. Um, in terms of economic policy, I think it's fair to say in, in UK terms, it's a shift to sort of left of centre economic policy uh, with a higher degree of um, interventionism, uh, more welfare spending, uh, which obviously has to be funded by higher taxation and taxation revenue. It's something that we've seen in, in the UK uh, uh, not infrequently. Uh, so there are going to be taxes imposed on the banking and financial and insurance sectors, which is uh, creating uh, substantial uh, pain in those uh, in those industries. Uh, retail as well, I think, is going to face um, taxation challenges, and there are going to be, I think, attempts to uh, crack down on loopholes in um, on VAT fraud. Uh, and also, I think, off offshore taxation issues are going to come back. So those areas where there's a search for revenue, I think, is uh, uh, through taxation is going to affect a large number of, of UK companies. And there are British companies in those sectors, uh, as you well know. Um, but on the other hand, I think you also see the government um, wanting to see uh, encouraging small and medium-sized businesses. And I think there is an opportunity, perhaps, the sort of middle tier of British business to become uh, interest in Poland. They're very interested in uh, attracting investments in either high-tech sectors or production sectors, car industry for example. Uh, we've seen other countries in Central Europe such as Hungary having a lot of success in that area and I think Poland wants to replicate that. So it's going to be a mixed bag but I think it is, I think anybody who says it's business as usual I think is, um, is, 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 is kidding themselves. Is there are going to be substantial changes but I think knowing what these changes are going to be and being able to fit around them, I think is the right approach to have rather than just some sort of panic, you know, let's leave yeah. Uh, response. Yeah, because there are, obviously there are some concerns being expressed at the moment about rule of law in Poland and uh, the EU has reacted very strongly to those concerns. Um, if you were a global investor, say you were an American business interested in Poland, would that put you off? Would you, would you consider that to be a, a negative um, for business at the moment? But I think those are you know, those those issues over the constitutional court are very prominent in the Western media. I don't think you're seeing any suggestion that uh, court judgments, as such, at the sort of local level, are going to be politicised. That's a secondary issue. But I think Poland is facing, uh, at least for the first couple of years of its government, is facing the same sort of backlash that we've seen the Hungarian government face. If you remember, Mr. Orban came yeah. into office six years ago now and faced very much the same sort of response. Um, uh, it's fair to say that both Orban and Mr. Kaczynski and Mr. Duda, the president of Poland, are more Eurosceptic than their predecessors. <clears throat> Certainly in terms of the relationship with Europe, um, they have already said they're going to have a much more robust relationship, meaning that they intend to be quite sort of firm <clears throat> on those issues that they think are of particular interest to Poland. And we've seen that already in some of their interjections on the migrant debate. Poland also has a very strong position on energy issues, uh, uh, green issues, emissions issues, which given its priority 
or coal in the Polish economy is very understandable. But obviously that sort of um, attitude to Brussels doesn't go down very well in Brussels. Mm -hmm. And you will get um, sort of uh, a lot of people in Brussels not very happy that Poland isn't perhaps as cooperative as it used to be. But that doesn't mean that Poland in any way wants to fundamentally alter its relationship with Europe. You have more people wanting to leave the EU with the UK than you have wanting to leave the EU well, with Poland. In fact, nobody in Poland wants to leave the EU. So that's I think that's really actually... Because I, was, I was actually going to come <laughs> on to that and ask you that in the light of what you're saying. Are we looking at a potential plexit uh, to go no, along with I the Brexit? The, uh, paradox, I mean, the, the Poles are very, very conscious of the fact that um, uh, because of their geopolitical position, there is no alternative other than to, to coin a phrase, to actually remain in Europe. Uh, they do draw a line, obviously, at Euro membership, as do, as do other Euro countries. Uh, and they have a, a, a view that perhaps there ought to be more understanding in Brussels of some of the specific economic interests of Poland, and going back to energy, of course. Uh, not only in relation to uh, uh, CO2 issues, but also uh, the way in which the EU shapes its uh, energy policy towards Russia and the extent to which we should be encouraging the diversification of energy supplies to Europe rather than backing um, Nord Stream 2, for example. This is a very thorny issue in mm -hmm. Poland. So I think in, in those terms, the Poles are being going to be much more vocal in their, in their position. But the fundamental of them wanting to be in the EU and actually uh, wanting to see the UK stay in the, in, in the EU as well. well it may, it may turn out that the pro-Europeans in the UK may have one of their strongest allies in Poland, which is actually now being painted in Brussels as being anti-European. So life's full of paradoxes. It's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, post uh, the wall coming down in 89, it was a big strategy of the, the UK government, in fact, to keep Poland on side and to yes. have Poland as an ally. Yes. Um, so it's interesting that that's uh, perhaps turning full circle now. Yeah. Um, and what about your prediction of whether this government will actually see out its term? Do you think this government's here to stay? Well, uh, as I said at the beginning, they have an absolute majority in Parliament. So it's a thin majority, it's only about four or five seats there. Uh, but the way in which the uh, Polish electoral law is structured, particularly the Constitution, um, regulates the way in which governments uh, can change or can be changed. It's actually very difficult to unseat a government, even if it's a minority government. We've had uh, over the last decade several minority governments that have been, it's been turned out as being, uh, it's been impossible to remove, um, and let alone majority government. So barring some huge catastrophe uh, that I suspect this, this government will, will remain in office. The only issue actually to be resolved is whether the current prime minister, Mrs. Shidwa, will remain prime minister for four years, as you know, she was nominated or, 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 or you know, earmarked to be the, the Prime Minister during the election campaign. That promise was followed through. Uh, but I think it's, it's no secret that the real power behind the throne is Jaroslav Kaczynski, the yeah. party leader. Yeah. And there are some views that at some point um, it may be, uh, and in fact it will be a common decision of both Mrs. Shinro and Mr. Kaczynski, the President, maybe just to clarify and clear the air it would be better for Mr. Kaczynski himself to be the Prime Minister, but we, and which can actually be affected fairly painlessly under the Constitution. Right. So technically, it would be a new government um, legally, uh, but in practice you would, I think, see law and justice going through right to the end of 2019 right. uh, okay. so as that's, the government. 
So that's very interesting for us as public affairs professionals, in fact, because we're all going to have to learn to work with this government and to work with this, uh, the way this government operates. Um, how do you think we're going to be able to influence this government and this government's policies in light of the fact that you were telling me earlier, legislation is passing in, in the space of a week and we don't have the luxury of time to be able to effect change as public affairs professionals. How do you think we can work with this government moving forward? Well, it's, I think it's a new experience for everybody, including Polish politicians themselves, uh, including parliamentarians who for 25 years have been used to coalition governments and negotiating legislation and suddenly you have a, a, a single party majority which is essentially able to just uh, vote legislation through you know on the basis of its majority and it's creating challenges not just for, for lawmakers but also for public affairs professionals and I think it's 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 in line with the way I think the industry in Poland is going to evolve over the next couple of years I mean there are lots of ways to get your message across uh, to government um, and if one set of circumstances is different, you have to adjust. And so uh, trying to influence the policy environment now is much more about being able to uh, influence the public mood. Um, and where is the public these days? It's in the digital space. So I think you're going to see um, corporations having to understand how to move more broadly in terms of their communication strategy, um, both in public relations, but also in how they can with government. And government now, as in the UK, is increasingly digital. Yeah. Um, politicians are on Twitter, they're on yeah. Facebook. Uh, there are lots of ways to get your message across. And I think also social campaigning is something that I think is uh, 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 not understood as being an effective communications tool. Um, and that's an area I think one, one can look at. So there are ways in which to keep um, your messaging being influential. But as I say, as circumstances change, the way in which you communicate is going to have to change as well. Yeah, great. Okay, thank you very much, Marek. That's been absolutely fascinating. I think there was a, a really core message for us all there, which is if you want to have influence, you've got to do it quickly, you've got to do it online, and you've got to do it now. There is no time to, no time to wait and no time to waste. Um, so fascinating to have that that insight. Very grateful to you for Thank taking you, the time coming in today. And obviously, if anyone would like to have more information on the detailed situation in Poland, don't hesitate to contact me or Marek.